How's it going? This is Johnny from Johnny Experimental, and I'm joined today with a good friend of mine, Ricky Armolino. Uh, Ricky is a traveling musician, a teacher, uh, 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 a recording uh, producer, a musician, so forth. And I know Ricky pretty well. I'll let Ricky introduce himself. Hey, uh, my name's Ricky. I went to high school with Johnny. Um, I am a, uh, I'm a musician. I play with a band called Ice Nine Kills as a guitar player. Uh, I sing for a band called Hawk as um, a singer and producer. Um, I'm a writer, um, and I uh, I give music lessons as well. Killer. So you're like the full package. If, if somebody wants to learn how to play the flute and then record a full flute EP, they can come to you. Yeah, it'd be a possibility. Right. <laughs> do you primarily, so when you teach, you say you teach, you do, um, you don't do a theory, right? You do shapes and, and numbers, right? You, you step out of the traditional theory. Yeah, I teach like the dumbest version of music theory possible. Well, you say dumbest yeah. version, but I, I think, you know, it's important to point out that really music theory is just about memorizing shapes and patterns. And if you can kind of change, oh, yeah. if you can change the, the ideology well, behind it, right? Um, there's this one TED talk, uh, TED talks that I had watched and it was about how, um, just basically, uh, over it, he was talking about how our written form of music theory is according to him, uh, is like the worst form of written language that had ever existed, uh, ever. Very aristocratic, and, dude. Uh, yeah, well, because he was uh, he was explaining that it's just it's so overly complicated that um, the only explanation that you could come up with is that it was specifically made so that only wealthy people who had access to higher education would ever be able to exist in the music world. Um, and I kind of buy that theory because. The way that it works is you basically have to memorize the same amount of things 11 times mm -hmm. in order to be able to read all of the materials that you need to play and everything else. And then there was a jazz musician um, who kind of just started writing a number system where no matter what the key was or anything like that, you would always just have the same numbers. And then like, so, you know, not to get too technical, but let's sure. say you're in C major, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then let's say you go to E major, it's still one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It just, you know, happens to start on a new letter and you stop worrying about the letters. You start worrying more about the numbers. And instead of memorizing uh, 11 times the amount of information, you just learn all of the materials that you need to once, and then you just use that same exact mentality on every key you know what i mean yeah, yeah um but so i do teach a little bit of that because um you know i spent years and years and years struggling i was <laughs> i wasn't particularly a great musician growing up no i'm still I'm learning a great musician <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, but it it really does help for people who um you know, most people get a music lesson from a guy that tours in a band that they watch, usually because they're they're either um, they're either a hobbyist or they're thinking about getting into music. Or a lot of the people I talk to, they 
struggled with it for a while. I remember um, I was giving a lesson to one person. She got um, she got fairly emotional just because we had gone over a couple concepts just in you know absolute layman's terms. And um, after a year after a year of music uh, of school, like she had gone to actually go get a degree in music, um, she had never actually understood a couple of those concepts until we just laid them out in the most basic layman's terms. Um, and we, we kind of figure out how to play one of her favorite songs. Um, but the, the, the amount of unnecessary information, I think that people, uh, get when they're, you know, learning it, it, it it's really true. creates a, a lot of, um, you know, dissonance and it makes people think you need to, you know, like when we're my parents, like my mom, she's always like, Oh, I could never understand what you did. Oh, it like, it's really not complicated. It's not rocket science. Basically have to remember seven numbers. That's it. Yeah. And shapes. I mean, really once you're, once your fingers, I, I've noticed myself, once your fingers get used to it, it's much more fluid. I, I switched over to keys to, to start relearning shapes and patterns and theory myself. I grew up, playing guitar I started what uh, sixth grade I had a teacher um, that played the guitar in class all the time and I really liked what he was doing and I picked up the guitar from there um, I never got formal I, I, I take that back I got some formal lessons um, early on uh, like you know here's how you play stairway to heaven kind of scenario and a little bit of blues and jazz uh, chord progression and scale progressions that mm -hmm. I picked up but to be honest, for the last 20 years, I haven't been an astute student. I have been just kind of playing by ear, picking up the keys, learning the shapes myself. So this yeah. past year, I've been taking a lot of time to actually sit down. And, okay, here's the shape. Here's the progression. Here's what I play. Here's what I play in A. Here's what I play in B. Um, yeah. Just to just so I can jam with people as an adult, you know. <laughs> How's that going? Uh, soon. Uh, we've been on we've been on lockdown, so um, I, I'm we're my 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 girlfriend and I are both vaccinated now. Um, and she just got her second shot oh, two days ago. Yeah, they, we we need it. she's high risk, so it's uh, pneumonia puts her in the hospital and not in a good way. So we had to yeah. uh, we had to put all of our personal opinions and ideologies aside and just go ahead and get it just to be safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, that that being said, man, so I'm I'm interested to uh learn more about your teaching, but more so I wanted to share a little bit about uh, what well, I wanted to hear about and, and share with other people a little bit about growing up. You, know, you kicked it off with we were friends in high school and that's, that's how we met. I, we met in an art class. We had, uh, yeah. we had an art teacher who uh, claimed she knew everybody from Pixar, uh, from the Pixar studio. If you remember that, it was one of her favorite stories. Um, but uh, she worked with the mountain Japan or something. She went out there for a year or two. Sinclair, I think was her name. Um, I'm just trying yeah, to remember. Was. Yeah, it was all that, uh, all those little memories. But uh, I, I think my first uh, first time seeing you live was uh, at a. And I'm trying to remember this because you were with several different groups at the time back in high school. Um, we don't have to list all the names, but I, I, I did like "Shut Up, Gorgeous." I thought that was a, a funny name. Um, but oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it was uh, some some fire some fire uh, station somewhere. Um, north of Lancaster, I think uh, you were doing a gig there, um, is, is the first time I, I saw you live. And that was... Uh, I'm trying to think, I, I, man, those 
the towns all oh, kind of like run together. It's not like Roarstown or something, but I, I, don't, I can't remember the name of the town, but it was, it was up there on the second floor, some, some fireplace at some community room or something. I don't remember, but from that, you, you inspired me. You were a musician. I liked that. Uh, you know, I, I had been, I had picked up the guitar, but I never really thought about being in a band and stuff like that. And I think it really kind of said, oh man, I want to do something like that. You know, that's cool. Mm. Uh, but what were you? What was in your head? You were you were you were you were a young guy. What what did what did you want to do? What you what did you want to be when you grew up? I mean, you were around playing music. You played Chameleon Club. You were in a lot of different places back there in Lancaster, yeah. at a young age. Yeah, yeah, no. So I was, um, I was, uh, I was maybe like thirteen. I got a bass guitar, and you know, you're like, this is my identity now. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. But um. I, I think back then, you know, I don't think really, I, th I think about where my mindset was because, oh man, would I like to fix lots of things? But, but you know, I th think really the aspect about it that I was interested in was the social aspect. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to connect with people in a way where, you know, I got to be a part of something. And I got to be a part of a group. I got to be a part of an idea. I got to be a part of the perpetuation of an idea. And um, and that's why I think the actual like musical aspect of it. It's like you know, my in my adult life now, as I'm like a music producer and a guy trying to actually make the stuff sound a certain way and hmm. you know fix that you know set things up to be correct. You know, right. or whatever you call it. Um, you know, none of those things were a concern on my mind back then. You know, I, I had a bunch of bands that I really liked and I wanted to make something that sort of positioned me as one of those people. And, um, and I think that, that, that was kind of like the main driving motivator for me mm -hmm. is just the social aspect. You know, you go to these shows and you, you feel like you're a part of all of this. You feel like you're you're you know that you're you're entering this new social dynamic this new circle you know it has its own culture and its own etiquette and and then you know that's it becomes counter to what you're used to in your normal life you know then you you go to high school and you suddenly you know you feel like you're different than you know other people or whatever everybody's like, making oh, a man, statement I, everybody's making a statement in yeah, high school yeah yeah because you're, you're just trying to figure out what your identity is yeah um and I really do think that 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 was my mindset back then. And I didn't really have a clear picture on what I wanted to do because I always assumed I was going to become a writer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even when you're even at my most delusional, you know, 16 or 17 year old self, there's never a part of me that was like, oh, I'm definitely going to land it. And I'm going to I'm going to become a full time touring musician paid to paid to perform and stuff like that just didn't wasn't even, even there really crossed my mind yeah so i always but i always did see myself as having a band and you know putting you know going and playing shows and all that stuff 90s covers every friday night getting the beer tabs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so you uh you did uh you did like i said quite a, quite a few bands you you did uh well you you came up in an interesting time in the area we lived in too, right? There was a whole kind of scene forming and growing around there, around the the style of music that you fell into. Um, Lancaster has a very unique uh, sound. Uh, 
I, yeah, I guess is, the, is, 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 a, is a way to put it. When I talk to people about being from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, they'll, they'll bring up some bands that have come out of Lancaster. And I'm like, I used to watch those mm-hmm. guys in high school. <laughs> like, yeah, th- th- it, it, it's kind of crazy. There, there is, um, there is like a style and a, an actual like sound design <laughs> thing, you know, aspect to Lancaster. Uh, and it's, uh, it's known, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, whenever I'm, you know, in some of the writer circles or any of the stuff that I'm doing outside of, you know, Lancaster based activities, people will be, you know, the, the term gets brought up where they're like, oh man, you're, you're from Lancaster, man, all those bands, you know, they, they're like loosely familiar with, with what we all do and stuff like that. And, and it's kind of, it's kind of weird that our little music scene actually became uh nationally coast to coast internationally known thing you know yeah. august burns august burns red is is still a you know a a, a a big thing all around the world and um and there are lots and lots of other artists that have kind of emerged and you know then we have like atrium audio um mm-hmm. they produce lots and lots of major records you know we have the launch music conference ci records we have um we have, you know, lots of um, lots of artists that um, that tour regularly, and you know, what is it like? How many thousand people is Lancaster? Hold on, let's look at this. Is that including the Amish, or or not including the Amish? I mean, I don't know. All right, wait, Lancaster. All right, about sixty thousand. How many are Amish? Let's look at that <laughs> just to answer the question. I'm not. All right, that's going to be too hard to figure. Yeah, out. Yeah, they don't they don't fill out a census. <laughs> um, so what a like Lancaster had a lot of tools at at disposal for for being a musician and for being somebody yeah. that was making a statement. I remember CI Records was a big part of of you uh, growing up. I remember uh, yeah. Chameleon was a big was part. Really Ch- Chameleon yeah. was uh, they're gone now, right? They they mm-hmm. they're down. Yeah, it's a bummer. I mentioned yeah, Chameleon to people out here in Utah and some of the old heads, some of the 80s roadies and stuff, dude, they all know what Chameleon Club is. It's like, they're like, you from really? Lancaster, man? That scene is killer. It's like, how do you know this? Like, where are you from? Chameleon Club. Yeah. Yeah. You know, man, I've had this conversation um, quite a bit, but, you know, there are, so there, because when I record artists, um, actually just, I had some guys in on Tuesday and they're younger and, you know, I was letting them know, I was like, hey. You have to understand like how fortunate you are for a lot of the resources that you have mm. um, in your area. Because the one thing is, Lancaster really does have. If 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 you are in the lane of music that I'm in, which I would I would characterize as I would characterize as like rock, you mm-hmm. know, pretty much like rock and metal. Um, I think that there's a lot of overlap between you know the all of the the metal and you know the heavier artists and rock artists right now you know like this stuff is kind of getting its day in the sun because of um yeah the radio is actually picking up a, a lot of this stuff now um you know the band i play in ice nine kills we get played on the radio regularly mm-hmm. um but the the thing about it is is you have access to um music producers who are in the grand scheme of things, pretty affordable. Um, you have access to 
a giant music conference, um, venues that before the pandemic were regularly booking basically any artist from the area on decent sized tours. Um, because the thing is Lancaster has this kind of nice little situation where it's only located a few hours from like four major cities, mm-hmm. five maybe there's Pittsburgh, DC, Baltimore, New York city, Philly's, um, uh, Philly's down there. Philly, Richmond, you could get to Boston, you know, in six hours. Yeah. yeah. That's a little bit. Little Still though, I mean, for a, for a headline band coming through, I know plenty of people that traveled down from, from up there to, to come down to chameleon, you know, um, well, not only that, but the effect that that has on all the people, because everybody in the areas, you know, you have a small, you know, kind of suburban area with a lot of rural, uh, you know, a lot of rural areas, um, so, so you have a lot of workers, but you, you also are close enough to, you know, uh, metropolitan areas that you still get um, all the art and culture mm. and music and everything else. Yeah, like so it's become like an art um, mecca hub, right? They did, First Friday is really blowing up there from what I heard. Well, I don't know about right now. Pandemic, yeah, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm a, I, I've been a hermit for too long. I can't comment on anything that's happening. Neither could I. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What the, I don't know what's going on. Um, so yeah, no, you're absolutely right. All all that stuff coming in it, 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 in Lancaster. Yeah, as like I said, it's just booming. It's just becoming a place. Uh, it, it's growing. Um, to put it that yeah. much. Years ago, they put the baseball stadium in. Um, they really started pushing the whole. Uh, what, restoring that old hotel down there they did a bunch of stuff what, within the last decade yeah. that really the city itself is putting a lot of money into tourism um, oh yeah yeah you know it's it's I, I can't speak for you know whether I it, it's a good place if you want to have a family that's for sure sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, but um, but outside of that yeah you know for for you know kids um, for you know people in their early twenties, stuff like that. It's, it's definitely an area for musicians to kind of get a chance to sort of like try a lot of things out and Mm -hmm. you can go to shows in other areas. There are a lot of people to network with. There are a lot of professionals that live in this area because here's the other thing. It is dirt cheap to live here. So, um, you know, for me, I'm, I'm kind of fortunate because I have a house and then I just can go on tour anytime and, you know, come back here to recharge anytime that I need to. So it, it's it's a fortunate situation for sure. So you're educated. You you went you went off to college at uh, MU, right? Millersville uh, University. I went to Millersville. Okay. Um, I put it on hold when I started doing the touring thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pick up community college classes when I could find them cheap at different places because I was still hacking away at my degree, and then I finished up at the University of Alabama. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, got, some... I got a degree. I got a, uh, a bachelor's in English with a focus in print journalism. Okay, that's a. You might find yourself in a museum someday using a printer that they still have laying around in your fifties. You know. Um, oh my god! No, yeah, <laughs> it's so strange. It's a good idea. It's a great idea to get that degree. It's so strange how how times are just just change right in front of you. So we might yeah. see. You know, we might see a whole different way of media uh, before we phase on, you know. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. 
So I, I remember I remember your time at uh, Millersville. I spent some time with you there, um, jammed with you guys a little bit. I think you were Bedford. You were doing Bedford Exit back then. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, you guys were looking for a filling guitarist, which I didn't make the cut, uh, <laughs> but I had a good time. Um, but I, I, I remember I getting together there and having having good times, man. It was always a blast. You guys always kept the... Uh, that house was a lot of fun. You guys kept the world alive, I'll say that much. Um, <laughs> so after after college, you picked up... Uh, you, you, you didn't really... The 9 to 5 stuff. We did a little bit of work together, actually. Let's... let's Got to step back a hair. Oh, when you were in college, oh we we God. worked together for a, a wannabe. It was a wannabe MySpace, uh, more than yeah, anything that, else. That, that was interesting. Was, <laughs> that, that was interesting. Didn't I mean? I, I, maybe we shouldn't go into detail. Didn't we find out later on that there was some uh, that there was some weird financial stuff happening? There's a, that definitely it? some weird financial stuff, and we can keep it as basic as we can. But uh, stuff that yeah. was so uncomfortable to the man that was doing the finances that that he straight up left and and didn't want to yeah. be involved. Um, yeah, 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 and and we followed suit not too long. Well, I stuck around a little bit longer uh, than you, but I don't blame you. You you had very good reason to leave uh, for the issues uh, and why you left. But I I stuck around a little bit longer. I didn't really have uh, I didn't really have yeah, any yeah, other. Fine drive or option yeah. to do anything else because i dropped out of college for that job so <laughs> really yeah i did uh i was going for a business management degree Whew. i was going to make it uh i was going to make it big as a business manager in something uh, i i did the i did the college thing because i was expected to do the college thing um yeah, yeah, and yeah. i lasted a semester in fact i i, I uh on tuesday i did an interview with my my college roommate, who is a friend from grade school, who is now a doctor. He actually starts his practice in June. Uh, uh, okay. So it's funny. It's like, hey, we took two totally separate paths. Let's let's see what my college roommate's up to. He's a doctor now. That's great. I'm in a basement with some sound foam around me. You know. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm doc. I'm a doctor of music in my own head. You know, at least. Um, but. Uh, so uh, college took you to, what'd you do? Did you pick up any jobs? Did you stick out the music stuff? We, I don't know much oh, about yeah. what you did after uh, college. We, we kind of dropped, dropped anchor and I went off and did the military thing and left Lancaster around then. So. Yeah, I, um, odd jobs. Um, yeah. I work, man, I, if I could go through the list. I mean, I worked at, um, I, I did a, you know, I did a couple of different food jobs and I worked for a temp agency. I worked for a roofing company. I worked for, I worked for, um, I worked for a van, uh, delivery, uh, agency that mainly specialized with like entertainers and bands flying in from, um, other countries and stuff like that, where I'd basically drive long distance. Um, I drove San Diego to Lancaster multiple times to bring a new fleet of, dodge spritters back into the area um and then i was doing like small amounts of touring you know with artists and stuff like that and you just assume that you're never going to keep a job very long mm-hmm. you you always are just you need some money you know i do landscaping for my my one buddy's dad who was pretty wealthy i did um man i wrote a book that got published i ghost wrote it i didn't get credited at, at anywhere for a real estate uh a, a real estate company i did um basically anything that would help me make some money and that eventually landed me into music production okay which was basically an accident i was giving a lesson to somebody they were telling me that they had yet studio time books somewhere they needed 
they their guitar player quit the studio wouldn't refund their deposit which was several thousand dollars um they needed songs and just jokingly i was like i'll just write all the songs you guys give me a couple grand you know like you're paying out that much give me half that and they were like okay and that became my highest paying gig and i wrote them a bunch of songs that went good then i wrote a bunch of songs for another band and then i wrote a bunch of songs for another band and then here we are you know 10 years later uh you know i'm in my 30s and i'm still writing songs for bands and producing them only now it's a lot more in depth and there are contracts and you know there's sometimes labels involved and there's you know mixed notes and you know sometimes i have to outsource things to other people and now i have jack and adam here and you know i have a facility with multiple rooms and you know things just kind of kept um there was never really a clear exit point you know because i'd never planned to get into that i'd never planned but you know the one thing that i do think back on is i never really had a plan you know, I think I had always operated under this assumption that it's like, oh, well, everybody finds what they are going to do by accident. And then I did that, which I think is kind of irresponsible. I should have probably had a little bit more of a little bit more direction. But, you know, I was touring in a band and, you know, you always hope that that band's going to become something that's going to, you know, make you a future, something like that. Like Just a platinum or two, right? Just a platinum or two. That's all you need. Well, I, you know, I, I don't think doing the music that I was doing, which was like basically technical metal, yeah. I never really assumed that we were going to have any high grossing records. But hmm. normally, you know, the guys that you tour with that are smart, um, that tend to have lasting careers, generally, you know, your band is, is that you're in is it's basically kind of like your your resume. You know what I mean? It's your chance to go, you, you end up, you bump shoulders with a lot of different people inside the industry. And, you know, the guys you're like, oh, okay, that guy that sang for blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He works at this label now, or he's an A&R guy. Oh, this is an artist manager. Oh, he's a booking agent now. You know, the, once you're kind of in the, the, the music industry is kind of cool because it, it, it sort of is like, um, you know, a lot of the people that get involved in it are lifers, you know, they just, you, they just keep landing gigs in the music industry so long as they're, you know, easy to work with mm-hmm. uh, and they're entertaining to be around. Like basically when you're an entertainer, even when you're behind the scenes, it's your job to entertain people. So, you know, people who aren't fun to be around typically don't last very long, oh. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's even if you're managing bands, you know, even if you're, you're just a guy, I, you know, I, my accountant Dodi, she she works with musicians and she's entertaining she's hilarious yeah. you know it, it's just it's kind of a world for people who want to you know have some degree of human interaction that's not cold and calculated you know yeah entertaining you know? yeah yeah it's it i i totally feel that i i i uh I couldn't work in a place where people were dull or I couldn't work around. I can imagine being in a band with somebody that didn't want to entertain people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I saw you when you came through, you came through with Hawk a couple years ago and, and shortly before yeah. that you came through with Ice Nine Kills for Warp Tour and I, I missed that. Something came up. I had bought tickets and everything, man. Um, oh, and really? I was gonna, yeah, I was going to come down there and, and catch you and, I, and I, I didn't get a chance to catch you with Ice Nine Kills, but I got to see you with Hawk and we stuck it out for a couple of the bands that, that opened and um 
stuck it out for you. I, I left shortly after that because uh, I don't like staying yeah. out late. I don't do that anymore. I got old or something. Oh, nice. um, but not that it was a late show, but it was good. It was a good set. You were very entertaining. And, and you mentioned something that after the set, you were like, oh, we had to cut it short. You know, something was wrong with, uh, I think, one of your loop devices or something. You had uh, some, some sort of issues with some of your road equipment. And I was like, I couldn't we even tell. <laughs> we were having issues with the sound guys. Um, oh. Yeah, you know, now when when um, you save a lot of money touring now because a lot of the stuff is becoming digital. Like mm. amps are now becoming digital. Uh, you know, the cab, ca like the things that you actually plug the amps into originally, the speakers that the sound came out of, you know, let's say back in high school, you know, and if you're aspiring to be a touring guitarist, you were going to get a really loud tube amp. Mm -hmm. And if you're really lucky, you're going to get to plug it into two big cabinet. Full fixtures, stack, baby. You know, yeah. Four, by, four yeah. by 12, you know, Celestian speaker. And, you know, and once you have a band full of several people with those rigs and, you know, everything else, you're basically just buying all this stuff to make really, really loud noise. Mm -hmm. Well, for about a tenth of the space and weight, you know, on your trailer now, you have digital equipment. But what it requires is it requires a little bit of setup, you know. So when when Hawk tours, it, same with Ice Nine, we have similar setups um, for our live set. You know, we're basically routing fourteen different sound sources to the PA system, and that has fully replaced our, you know, what what's referred to as backline, all mm -hmm. of your amps, cabinets, and everything. Put that out. And it's it's making touring a lot more, you know, for a band like, like Hawk, which is, you know, not a, we're not a huge band sure. or anything like that, you know, for a band like Hawk, it makes touring a lot more feasible because we're, we're you know, saving about, I don't know, probably say like 800 to 1,000 pounds of shit. Wow. Uh, it has all been consolidated into one rat case that we put stuff in. Um Wow, you know, unfortunately, live, live sound is, as a whole across the country, kind of, you know, getting on board as more artists are using setups like this. But you still run into problems. I remember on that tour, it was like four days in a row we had like massive problems with setup because, you know, the the other issue is when you're early on the package a lot of um you kind of run into a problem where i think a lot of sound engineers generally assume that you're you know you're not important enough to really put time into worrying about the setup so we had to kind of um and you know every single time you're in a different venue you have to could deal with a different with person every time yeah yeah so really our whole band was kind of scrambling to start learning more about how to set these up correctly because it was getting the ball was getting fumbled so often by yeah. the venues that we were working with. That's so I think that was like day four in a row where it was like, fucking here again. Yeah. Like when we're about to go <laughs> on, they, you know, the sound guy is like unmute, you know, muting and unmuting things, trying to figure out what was going on. You know, we, the worst was when we we're in California, a manager for like a label was out, like always, it took them 20 minutes to figure out how to get our stuff going. And I literally, I remember standing by the monitor guy's board. I was like, I asked him to unmute something, and then all of a sudden, you heard the, immediately our, our 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 tracks were were going through the system, 
and I remember, you know, when somebody realizes how bad they, you know, they messed up and he, uh, he just looked at me and said, I, I already tried doing that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I bet, you know, and we're like, there's no time for 20 minutes. An audience is standing there wondering what's going on. Oh you man. Know, how do you, like, how do you approach show. that as an entertainer? Right. Do you, do you these people are kind of like, Smile where the, your, where's the music, man? You give a, you give a thumbs up to your manager and you're like, it's going good. Yeah. Like he's a, <laughs> he's a pro. He's doing everything he can. We pay and him real just, good. We pay know. him real good. He sleeps in what the back you, of the bus. Do have it be the guy in the, in the, in the second band out of five bands having a hissy fit. No, no. Yeah. You can't no, be that he's, guy. He's, he's you get really yeah. famous on Instagram for about two weeks and then you have a really hard time finding shows after that. I imagine. Uh, oh my gosh yeah no, you, you just yeah the internet's made it you got to be nice all the time now yeah <laughs> like people have cell phones end uh, your career yeah there's uh there's def there's 4k resolution everywhere you go now uh yeah. so if if you could like what what do you what do you take today like what's your schedule is you you're primarily teaching lessons you're primarily producing music well, what do you find I yourself a, doing i have a I have a student coming by today and then I have a writing session afterwards. So okay. I have, um, I'm working with a band in, uh, they're from the Midwest called burn of the sky. Um, and I think we're working on their seventh song. We're in the writing phase for the record. So, um, they work jobs. So I'm going to get started on the song alone. And then tonight I'm going to have Jack downstairs with his guitar in case there's anything that I can, you know, it's kind of nice to have Jack around because, He's, he's a walking technical guitar player. Guitar he's player. a phenomenal guitar yeah, player. So, yeah. So I can just kind of, he just kind of hangs out and plays guitar and I can just punch him in on stuff. And yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm writing a song with them. So it's going to be kind of a free form day today. I'm getting ready to, I'm going to be going to LA for a little while to work on the Ice Nine Kills record. Cool. So, um, I'm looking I'm forward to some updates if you can share them when you're out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to them too. I've, I've been, I get the songs as they're working on them in like bits and pieces, but I still haven't really like sat down with everything yet just because the pan the pandemic is crazy on the West coast. You know, there, everything was like ultra shut down the whole time where as to where in Lancaster, you basically were, you could go on as normal, just wear a mask. Mm. You know, you yeah, know, it was, it was, careful, it was, but in LA it was like, you couldn't even go to, restaurants were shut down everything was just shut down yeah it's but it started to open up a little bit more out there i imagine it's really put a lot of strain on on the touring career for, for well for people using it as a primary income i imagine it's been been a very hard year um yeah yeah uh so i don't want to take up too much more of your time ricky but if, if you could and I, this isn't going back at 16 years 17 year you and going here's change the things what would you do better this is more of a question of hey imagine you're looking at someone who is like you know a best friend of 16 17 year old you who has a lot of similar interests that 16 17 year old you had you know what would you what would you say what would be the words of wisdom what would you kind of just throw out there uh, as 30 something you you know, um, I really wish it wouldn't have taken me so long to get into the learning phase. Um, you know, I actually work with a really young guy. Uh, well, yeah, like in my eyes, young Adam's 22. Um, and he, I, I just feel like he's really set up for success because even he's been working for me since he was 16 
and he actually took time to research literally everything he was going to do. So, you know, he really wanted to do video and film stuff. He sits and watches YouTube videos on every different camera. He explains to me what lenses he's looking into. He, um, you know, he works on my mixes with me and my drum stuff. He's always trying to learn more about the plugins that we use. He's sending me videos on, on, um, on, you know, any blind spots we might have or mm -hmm. you know might lack understanding and um i just always kind of back then um i think i was under the the belief that 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 knowledge kind of just comes from doing stuff and you're like well i'll just you know i'll just throw myself into situations and i'm just going to learn that way mm -hmm. and and i think there are a lot of people out there that way and and uh, at a certain point um over the past you know i'd say like five years of my life i've learned to more of a learning phase where in my free time, I learn as much as I can. And I try to find ways to incorporate that into what I'm doing. Um, I, I just, I really wish I would have done it earlier uh, because I never realized how many bad habits and bad ideas were really dictating a lot of my processes and the ways that I was doing things. Um, even right down to how I was, you know, running my business or networking mm. or anything like that. So you know, if I could, if I could give, you know, advice to somebody that age, it would just be as you're figuring out what you like to do, you have unlimited access to knowledge that, that people before you did not have access to. It's free, mm. you know, make sure you're learning from people who don't suck, but go <laughs> on the internet, learn literally as much as you can, no more than the other than the person next to you about the subject it, that you care about, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and really be serious about it. And that's, you know, that it, I couldn't see anyone who, um, you know, has a goal and has something that they actually want to accomplish, not being able to do it with the, the resources we have available now. But at the same time, yeah, I remember everybody else has those resources too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, life isn't a competition. Um, you know, other people's success is actually a good thing, mm -hmm. you know, but um, at, at, at the same time, I, I just, I think learning is, it, learning as much as you can about the things you want to do is the best way to, you know, to keep, to keep moving forward. You know, there is always something that's going to help you complete, you know, one of my teachers taught me um, something they were like, I was really, really struggling. I'd struggled with my voice for a long time and singing. I've mm -hmm. always had issues with it. Was it upper chest singing and or low, you were to no gut? I'm just, I can relate to the singing mm -hmm. issues. Um, my laryngeal position okay. always was high. It yeah. always pulled out. Like, yeah, yeah. And that was that. And that was something having to do with my nervous system. Mm -hmm. And it really, the, the solution for it was pretty simple. It, 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 not only reinforcing and just, you know, singing really frequently in my basement, but at a certain point, something just kind of clicked and, and all of a sudden I was doing better. I was doing way better. Um, but my, my, my Melissa, uh, my teacher, she, she would always tell me, she was like, you know, like the things, you know, um, every subject, you know, it's like kind of like a circle and, 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 and it's, and it's built out of chains, you know, like links in a chain. And she was like, and sometimes you're just missing one link. Hmm. And she was like, and, and, and you don't have a circle yet. And, and you just find one link 
that's it. And it'll suddenly complete the circle and then you're, you're good to go. And I found that in so many situations where I've been so frustrated and ready to give up on something, you know, when it comes to music production or anything. And, um, and I changed one small thing about my process. So I changed one small thing about the way that I see it. And all of a sudden it's like all of the things I was concerned about, they don't exist anymore. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. Here we go. Yeah. But, um, it can be a pretty bad spot when you're, when you're spinning your wheels for months, even years. It's depressing too, especially when you're writer's block. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, I've been, I still get there. You know, I had a, I had a really bad month, uh, February. Hmm. I think it was or February, March. Like I just wasn't getting a lot done and I was very hard on myself about it. And, um, I just had to like start getting away from my computer and sitting in another room with an acoustic guitar and writing th things on paper. And all of a sudden it was like somebody took 20 pounds of weight off of my brain. And I was like, Oh, here we go. You yeah, found the link. You found the link. man. All of a sudden, you know, I started visualizing things more in my head when I was walking away. And it was like, you know, I think I'm, I'm definitely tiring my brain out a little bit too much doing things the way that I'm doing. And, yeah. and of course, when your brain's tired, you're more depressive, you're more, you know, so it, it, there's, there's always a way out of things. And, and I think it's just learning more, you know what I mean? And, and, um, and not getting, you know, not getting caught into, you know, cyclical mindsets. Is that the vicious, how you say it? Yeah. Cyclical, cyclical mindsets, the vicious cycle of being self-doubting, you know, however you want to put it. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People can, people can really get in their own way. Um, yeah. And the other thing that I wish I would have done is um, just planned a little bit more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you always just like, ah, I'll figure itself out. Yeah. I On the whim, right? It's, it's almost like you hit mm -hmm. that wall in your life. I'd say I, I hit it this past year where similar. I, I started taking the time to learn things. I started taking the time to slow down and I can... I wish I, I wish I had that same drive at back at 16 and 17 too. I'd, I'd know a whole lot more today. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Instead of being a jack of several trades, I'd be a master of a few, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, thank you so much, Ricky, for, for joining me today Thanks and for being me. here. And I'm not going to hang up with you quite yet, but we'll, we'll say goodbye to everybody else. If you got any closing words. Uh, well, no, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, Ricky. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm going to I'm throw this on you, but I'm going to be back out on the East Coast. Uh, I told you last time we chatted, which didn't make it to the Internet, but uh, my buddy Brian out there, we, we swap birthdays back and forth every other year. So oh, yeah, that's right. I'm going to be visiting him. I'm, I'm going to be bringing some equipment. I'd love to, if we can, get together and, and just kind of see your process of teaching if you've got a student that's comfortable with that. Um, oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and I'll, I'll get you some more details when we get there. But. Thank That'd you so great. much, man. Thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you. All right.